the blast from our past network. Hey, Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Hey, Marty! Marty! Marty, I wanted to show you these new matchbooks for my auto detailing. I had printed up. Like DeLorean? Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me is co host Dean. Tim, just like Marty and Doc, you and I are back again. I was just thinking that we're we're back again. I think don't we say that all the time? We're back, back again. Uh, I don't know, yeah, I think I, don't know. I, I think Eminem said that. Oh yeah, I don't know. Uh, how's it going? Good, great. That's wonderful. Let's keep going. <laughs> Let's get right into it. <laughs> Sorry, that was rude. That was rude. I know. I know you're on a timeline okay. tonight, so I'm just trying to move it's things okay. along. If you want to, if you have to cut me off, you know, tonight, um, that's okay. If I'm rambling or if you don't, if you want to p- pose a question and then not let me answer, just continue on, I'll be okay with it. Well, this, this, um, presents a good question that we should start out with. Are you going to like, are there some rants you want to go on tonight about this movie? Like, could you talk oh, forever many. about this one? Wait. Yeah, I could, I could talk quite a while. Yeah, you could. I was going to ask, weren't you, weren't you on like a time crunch in our other back to the future episode? Was it that yes, one? Yes, I was, Tim. That's true. What is it with these movies that you love and you're on a time crunch? You got to get some. I know. I rarely have time. I rarely have time crunches, but it just happens to be on movies that I love. But we did it. We got through that one. So maybe we can do it with this one. Maybe I'll, oh, yeah, I'll have to, will. you know what? I'll have to choose my battles, as they say. I'll have to pick yeah. the ones that I want to really, um, really go on, on tangents about. Not even tangents, but just dig into. Dig into it. Yeah. This movie has a lot of cuts from one scene to the next so this is like a fairly lengthy one actually to walk through if you're going to walk through it scene by scene this would take quite a bit of time uh we're not doing that though so that'll help we're just gonna we usually just kind of hit on the things we think are important most important in the movie and that's what we're going to do once again welcome listeners thanks for joining great to have you here uh well i guess let's get into it may as well yeah, should we just do some some general thoughts uh, before we get into it? Oh yes, great idea. Go ahead. Um, we're doing Back to the Future two. I don't think you've mentioned that yet. Oh yeah, I always forget that. Yeah, this yeah. week Back to the Future two. Just like you just said. <laughs> just like I just said. <laughs> it's more official. I feel like it's more official if I make an announcement. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I was waiting for it. But yeah, I, I really, really like this movie. And it's a movie that I always think 
I don't like. Like, if I haven't watched it in a while, if I haven't visited it in a couple years, I think I don't like it that much. And then I watch it and have an absolute blast with it and really love it. And in the last, like, I would say year to year and a half, I've watched it four or five times. I don't know why. I just keep watching it, keep putting it in and watching it. And I, I really love it. I really love this movie. I love what's going on in it and, like, kind of the... I love the theme of the movie, like what's going on. Yeah. So I differ than I differ from you in this one where I just always loved it. I, I know yeah. it's, I know it's a fun movie. I know what I'm getting when I'm putting it in. I've never not enjoyed it. I am going to concede number one for sure is the better movie. Okay. O- only I think for a single reason, which I'll get to later on. There's just, okay. I've got a beef with the movie and without it, you're kind of hitting on a pretty close to perfect movie, but it's not okay. perfect. Back to the Future, that's a perfect movie. So, released in 1989 with a budget of $40 million, this movie grosses $336 million. Well done. What? How? I don't how know. How do you make that much money? 89, how do you make that much money? That's insane. It's insane. Oddly enough, though, this this one didn't actually do as good as the first one did. That's how that's how much the first one crushed it. This one made a yeah. little bit like for what it cost to make and how much they made. It made a little bit less. Insane. 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 Like Bobby Z can crush it at the box office. Yep. Our director is Bobby Z, also known as Robert Zemeckis. I love him. Love him. Yep. We love him. Music. Alan Silvestri. Like we love people him. are going to start thinking this guy's sponsoring us. Like every <laughs> every movie we do, this guy's in it. We should get him on the show. Okay. I'll call him. Cinematography, another one of our dudes, Dean Cundy. Yeah. Man, this is a, such a killer trio right here. You, you are not going to get a movie that is not good with these three guys on board. Just yeah. It's got everything you need. We've got our cast. It's the, the usual suspects from, from the last movie. That's great. We do lose two very important pieces in this movie, though. We lose Crispin Glover mm-hmm. as George McFly, and we lose Huey Lewis and their songs. I think right. both of these things have a pretty severe impact in this movie, and for that reason, it can't possibly be as good as the first one. Because, I mean, That's Chris, Crispin Glover, he he was both of our number one in that movie. Yeah. He was our favorite performance in that movie, in a movie with super strong performances. And then Huey Lewis... Those jams that he was busting out in that movie, dude, dude. like we are fist pumping. We're yes. we're rocking as soon as those songs are kicking in. We're like, we're singing, we're singing along. We're getting energized. So to actually lose that, I think it's a pretty big deal. I, I Tim, totally like the first movie gives you that feeling of like wonder and excitement. And I think this one is fun, but I don't think it has that element. I don't think it has that magic the first one has. And that Huey Lewis music is so crucial to that. It's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So Crispin Glover, he sued the producers for using his likeness in this movie and, yeah. and won the case. And that actually created a new clause in the Screen Actors Guild collective bargaining agreement that prevents using an actor or character's likeness in a movie. Hmm. So pretty groundbreaking case. And 
We mentioned in Alien 3, which came out a few years after this movie, that Michael Bean sued and got paid because they were using his likeness in that movie. And he made yeah. more on that than he did in his role in Alien in Aliens. Right, right. Like that was probably possible because of this case. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. And actually, Bobby Z fucks it up later, too, with Angelina Jolie, I believe, in Beowulf. Um, so I think there's a case in that one as well. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think he told her that she was going to play a big snake monster, and instead she's on screen naked. Snake lady? <laughs> she's, yeah. <laughs> snake, hey, snake lady? She's, to, she's like, oh, yeah, I've seen Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. I yeah. will play snake lady. I'll play that role. <laughs> that really uh, stretch your acting, acting skills. <laughs> Yeah, no, instead they used some model to, like, be uh, be her body, and she was not happy. So she wanted to be naked. No, she didn't. No, <laughs> she wanted to be a snake. She was told she was going to be a snake. Oh, and instead she was and naked. And instead she was a naked woman, so they got someone else's oh. body to do it, because she didn't do those shots, but they put her face on it. I gotta check this movie out. <laughs> I didn't Beowulf? Know so- you haven't seen Beowulf? No, I didn't know she, she, she I didn't know this was happening in it. Anyways... Um, yeah. Every time we bring up a movie and it's either garbage or you haven't seen it, it sounds like a double feature. Yeah. Coming up next week, Beowulf. <laughs> Beowulf. <I'm> talking back. <laughs> We're going to focus in on one specific scene, really dig into it. <laughs> you, have for, to wait. you have to wait and see what that scene will be. For the lawsuit. We're, we're digging into the lawsuit. Oh, yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nice, nice save. Uh, I don't actually have any background on this movie, so we can just get right into the story. This movie starts off very similar to the ending of part one, with Marty, Jennifer, and Doc going into the future. Right. Except this time, Biff sees them do it. I love, love that addition to this movie to start off the drama. It's great. It, it, it's a great, yeah, it's great to start it off. He's, he looks at them doing it and he's like, what the hell's going on? You know, it's, it's a nice addition to, so things aren't just, you know, you had this excitement right at the, at the beginning of the movie because of replaying that scene, but now you have a little tension as well. It's not just excitement to go to the future, but it's a little bit of, oh, okay, Biff saw that. That's not going to be good. That's going to come back and bite them. Yeah. And this scene, which is exactly like the first uh, at the end of the first movie um is definitely reshot because Jennifer is a different actress in this movie. Mhm. Yeah, different different Jennifer. Now, I really like I really like how they incorporated that Biff scene. Very smartly, they just show that Biff who was in their house at that time comes running out and catches them time traveling. Like, I think it makes perfect sense. It's almost like they Almost like they had that in mind, but they didn't, you know? No. They added something to a scene that they were going to redo without making it feel like they added something. Forced, you know, it's yeah. just something we didn't it see. Was, yeah, it, was it natural. wasn't forced. It was natural. Yeah, it was just off. It was off camera that we didn't see that first time, but now we do. Oh, speaking of off camera, they do so much incredible off camera stuff in this movie. I mean, holy, holy smokes. But we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We need to get there, Tim. So, we're in the future. 30 years in the future, to be exact. It's 2015, and there's flying cars everywhere. Jennifer is fascinated by all this. She's asking too many questions, though, about the future. Mm. And we all know, from the first movie, you're not allowed to know too much about your own future. So, Doc Brown, he knocks her out with some sort of device, just right off the bat. Knocks her right out. 
Yeah. I had read that Zemeckis, and I believe it's Bob Gale who wrote this, they were very disappointed in the fact that they had Jennifer involved at the end of the last movie. They said that's the only thing they would have changed. Right. They wanted to just tell a story with Marty and Doc. Like they wanted them to go off on another adventure. But by having Jennifer there, she's now stuck in the scenario. So they brought her with them. And then they had to write in these parts for Jennifer's character to make it all seem like it made sense. So yeah, they they definitely were kicking themselves uh, for for that, for not leaving her out of it. Totally. As soon as watching that beginning when she gets knocked out, as as soon as that happened, my wife was sitting there like, why did they even bring her along if they're yeah. just going to make her sit in the car? And I just had to say, you know, because they handcuffed themselves, like because she's in the scene at the end of the last movie, that's the only reason they have to take her. Yeah, exactly. Now we're cruising in the DeLorean, which, which flies. We all know it flies. And they land in Hill Valley. Doc dresses Marty up like Marty's kid and tells him to go into the Cafe 80s and wait for Griff. And no matter what, tell Griff no. Now, this is the only way to prevent his kids from going to prison. uh, Marty's kids. And at this point, they just leave knocked out Jennifer in an alley. In an alley. What the hell like is not, what the hell is that not about? In the car, yeah. What not no. in the car, Tim? <laughs> like up against some boxes in an al- in an alley. In an alley. What the heck is going on? Like, does 2015 not have sexual predators or something? <laughs> I think they do, Tim. I think they do. I don't know what's going on. Doc is like, she'll just be fine. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. It's fine. Leave her here <laughs> in this dumpy alley. She'll be fine. What and could then she happen? She gets taken away. She gets yeah. taken away, Tim, and he goes, I made a bad call, Marty. <laughs> it was a bad call. It was a bad call. <laughs> Listen, Marty. Nice. It's a bad call. <laughs> nice, Dino. I love that. So Marty is uh, hes on his way to the cafe, and we get to see all this futuristic stuff in Hill Valley. Yeah. And dude... This is kind of like when you get to see the future for the first time, other than the flying cars. You don't know where to look. There's so much going on in every direction. All these like fascinating futuristic things. Really, really neat. Yeah, I kind of forget it's Hill Valley. Oh, yeah. You know, because because you're you're like, whereas in the first one, when they go back, I still remember that. I still remember that he's in the same place. But we did so much like flying in the car and landing that until I see the clock tower, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the same. This is the same place. It's just it's the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They have the Jaws 19. uh, I think Jaws 19, the hologram comes out. Amazing. So that hologram was like the 3D artists, just like their very first rendering of the shark just to show the director what it might look like. And he loved that version so much that he's like, we're done. We're finished. Like, don't make (laughs) it any better. We're done. (laughs) That'd be so awesome. As an artist, if you're just like, here, I I spent like 20 minutes doing this. Um, I want to refine it, make it better. I need like a couple weeks to do that. And the guy's just like, this is perfect. I love it. Yeah. And it's just a it's just a great part. It's just a funny part knowing that like Zemeckis and Spielberger are friends and then Marty's like the shark still looks fake. You know, that's just a nice little jab at him. It's great. Yeah. 
So Marty goes into the cafe and they pretty much redo the cafe scene from the first movie here. It's yeah. very, very fun. Marty bumps into old man Biff. Hilarious. Hilarious. So funny. So funny. Yeah. But Marty uh, gets a bit distracted and Marty Jr. comes in and then Griff comes in. How did Doc not think about this? Like they know Marty Jr. meets Griff in this cafe at this time. Why would Marty go in at the same time Marty Jr. is going to be there? This is a question I have. There's an answer. What is it? He he says he says back when Marty goes and meets Doc at the car after this all takes place, um, he mentions that Marty Jr. was there and Doc is upset because he wasn't able to knock him out for long enough. And he said it's because he used it on Jennifer. It didn't have enough oh, charge to knock him out for a full hour. That's so right. He, he went, Doc did go knock out Mar Marty Jr., but it didn't, he woke up too quickly. Like he woke up before, before that full hour. Gotcha. Yeah, I do remember him saying that. I don't think I picked yeah. up on what, what he was talking about. Okay, perfect. That makes sense. Thank you. Oh, well, before we move on. Yeah. Are we moving on from the cafe? No, not yet. Okay, keep going. Okay. So Marty Jr. gets roughed up a bit. Um, and Marty is able to impersonate him and stand up to Griff. They get in a fight and Marty mm -hmm. kicks Griff in the balls and takes off. So now we are leaving the cafe. Okay, but all so already I'm impressed with some of these shots. Because already I'm trying to think like, oh, wait a second. The guy playing Biff and the guy playing Griff are the same person. And they exactly. are in scenes together where there doesn't look like there's sort of a split down the screen. And they're both moving and, you know, the, 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 it doesn't really seem like it's two separate things. It seems like they're in the shot together. So already I'm impressed with what's going on with these sort of dual actors or sorry, singular single actor playing two roles. The other thing before we leave the cafe, one of those kids at the, the video game machine is Elijah Wood. No way. Are you yes, serious? The, the only way I know that is because I was watching this on Amazon Prime and Amazon Prime is hooked up to IMDb so that when you pause it, they show you everyone who's in the scene. No. And I just happened to pause it at that moment. And I was like, Elijah Wood? That's <laughs> and insane, And then I pressed dude. play and saw him. It was Elijah Wood as one of the kids. Wow, I had no idea. I had no idea either. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So this is not the first movie where an actor was portraying multiple characters on screen at the same time. But it right. is the first time that happened with a moving camera. Yes. So it obviously is going to look a lot more realistic when the camera's moving and like moving from side to side around these characters, right? It's going to be more natural with the, the camera moving in the scene. So that was a big deal for them to be able to do that. The other thing they really got praised for was a new um, like process for aging people in movies, for making oh, cool. them look realistically old. So it's like a makeup process. Um, they said, obviously, there was like a lot of time spent in the makeup chair, but... Like for 89, they really yeah. age these characters very, very well. So Marty has taken off from the cafe and we get the famous hoverboard scene here. And dude, the effects, the effects on this flying skateboard scene are still flawless. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm looking 
I'm looking for mistakes in this or like somehow that this doesn't look real. There are none. I don't know how they shot this in 89. This scene no. looks perfect. It looks believable. I like, I don't get it. Yeah, it's incredible. It's actually something that I, because I liked this movie as a kid and watched it as a kid, um, and I've just been revisiting it more sort of in the last couple years, it's now that I'm starting to appreciate these things, like appreciate how this movie looks and how could they have done this? And it it, it is actually uh, like visually astonishing the things that they did in this movie for 1989. Yep, 100%. Now, this whole scene pretty much plays out just like the scene uh, in the first movie did once again, uh, yeah. except instead of Biff smashing into a manure truck, this time Griff smashes through some windows of a courthouse. And he gets arrested for that. So with Griff going to jail, this is enough to prevent Marty Jr. from doing whatever Griff wanted him to do. And they've done it. They've successfully altered Marty's kid's history. Yeah. And I, I love the way that they figured this out. Because Doc has gone a day ahead into the future, bought the newspaper from, from tomorrow, yes. brought it back with them, and he's checking the headlines. So the headline previously said that, like, that Marty's kid had been arrested, and now it says that Griff has been arrested. So like the it, it, it it's, it's such a cool, it's such yeah. a cool tool in this movie. It sh it just shows you that they're really thinking about how to make this a good movie because they that they that's how that they used that photograph in the first one, right? And like that was the big thing. Yeah. Like the kids were disappearing, and if they were coming back, then we knew things were fine because that picture was from the future. So this uh, newspaper is the same kind of idea. They're going to use it, but how would you be able to do it in the future? Well, you know, Doc's got a time machine, so he goes even further, gets the newspaper. Um, I like that Marty isn't very good on the hoverboard. He isn't very good in this scene. Whereas he was like so slick on that skateboard in the 50s because he's good at skateboarding and they hadn't they hadn't got to us like they didn't have really the same type of skateboard that he had in in the 80s back in the 50s. So he was amazing and everyone thought he was so impressive. But the hoverboard, he's never done that before. So he kind of sucked on it. Like he he gets a little better later in the movie, but Right at the beginning, he sucks. Like, and he he can barely he doesn't know how to work how it works, and he barely escapes. Like, he escapes by like basically just jumping into the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't consider that. While those two scenes are so similar, he does suck on that hoverboard. He just doesn't understand. Yes. He was doing pretty good, but he doesn't understand that it can't go in water, and he kind of yeah. gets like he gets screwed there. Well, yeah, that's a good so point. This is though. what this is where I just want to bring up one thing that I think. Um, that Zemeckis has said about making this movie. And it's that he he didn't really want to go to the future. He kind of was upset that they set it up that way at the end of the last one because he doesn't like showing the future because either he says either you're guessing for like you're guessing what's going to be in the future and either you're right. And, you know, that's all people think about. They don't actually think about the movie. They just think about how you guess things right or you're wrong. And they're just thinking about how you screwed it up and you didn't have anything right. right. So he didn't really want to go to the future. So I think that also Marty kind of sucking on the hoverboard is him saying, look, you don't want this. You don't want him in a, like a fish out of water. You want him to be good. You want him to be like still the cool kid and be in a time where he's still your hero because here he's not he doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah, Zemeckis, like he just wanted to make it fun for those reasons that you just said. Yeah, 
And he said, like, yeah, he knows there aren't going to be flying cars in 2015, but he wanted to put it in there because that's what people want to see. That's what's going to be fun, right? In 89, we all wanted to see flying cars in the future, yeah. right? So that's yeah. what he throws in there. Yeah, and exactly that's what pops, yeah. It's just like what you said, like the visuals are what you notice. You just are looking around and looking at everything. It's not really that story part that's the tightest and the best. It's all the visual things that we're looking at that's really good. Yeah, and you know what? Like, while he didn't want to predict the future, I'll tell you what, man. There's a bunch of things in this movie that didn't exist before this movie, but exist now. Jumping ahead a little bit, but there's the... Mm -hmm. On uh, Marty's TV, they have a scenery channel. Oh, yeah. That that didn't exist. That's definitely a thing now, a scenery channel. There's fingerprint identification in this movie, which did not exist. Now, I I have finger identification on my phone and on my laptop. Picture-in-picture on a TV did not exist. Voice-controlled, like, TVs and devices. None of that mm-hmm. stuff existed. That's stuff yeah. that he he just, like, made up for this movie. And now these things exist. So I'm not, like, giving him credit for that. But, like, let's maybe go the other way. I think he did a really good job with portraying what the future might look like. So Marty bumps into this dude you were talking about, this old dude uh, who's trying to get a, a donation to fix the clock tower. Like, was that piece of shit ever not broken? This clock tower? (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) It's always broken. This thing got struck by lightning in 1955. And And they can't get it to work. They can't get that. They can't raise money. They can't fix it. To fix that thing. Nobody cares about the fucking tower. (laughs) They don't know how to fix this this piece of crap. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think they've actually just collected so much money they just don't know how to fix it? They've just got like they're this just fund of hundreds of millions, <laughs> yeah. but they're like, we don't know what to do with it. I'll tell you what, somebody got rich off of that. Somebody's just yes. like, hey man, we need can you donate to fix the clock tower? And they're just they're bawling. They've got they a ran, mansion yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And they're like, They hit yes, Maui with that money. <laughs> screw the clock tower. Keep collecting though. Send me the checks. So Marty sees an ad on the street that the Cubs won the World Series. Now, this guy tells him that they were 100 to 1 at the beginning of the season, and he wishes Mm. he could go back in time and put some money on the Cubs. Now, Marty, who we've already seen kind of eyeballing this sports almanac at a vintage store in town, gets this idea that he's going to get this almanac and make some money. Great. Good idea. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. (laughs) Now, old man Biff sees Marty and Marty Jr. in the same area at the same time and doesn't understand. So he he, uh, he hides and listens in on Doc telling Marty why Marty can't bring back that almanac. You know, he like breaks that down for him. Yeah. Now Doc throws that almanac in the trash and when they leave, old man Biff comes out of his hiding spot and grabs it. And now Biff knows that the DeLorean is a time machine and he now has the almanac. Yeah, I love when he sees that flying DeLorean. He's like, flying DeLorean? I haven't seen that in 30 years. I know. He's so <laughs> dumb in this movie. He's so, so dumb. dumb. He can't get it's it. Like, he just thought 30 years ago he saw the first flying car. He saw right? a flying <laughs> car. And he was like, wow, what what, what happened there? And then that was it. He's just like, yeah. goes on with his life. Like, I guess I better uh, wax George's car one more time before else else I'll get in trouble. You know, like, why don't you report that to somebody or do something? He's so dumb. He just like files that away as like something that you might just happen to see. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it. I, that's that's his dis- character. That's Tim, him. I love Tim, that. It he's disappeared into the sky. Not only oh, was yeah. it flying, but it disappeared yeah, into the, the sky. With the fireworks. Like with those with awesome <laughs> like travel through time fireworks. That was great. Yeah, that was great. I just I love that they make Biff so thick. You know, he's just so, so thick. Yeah. So thick. I haven't seen that in 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds him. It reminds him that 30 years ago he saw a flying car disappear in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make any sense it's so great though you think that that would be the memory he always thinks about yeah not like not oh, like that he course. would just it would just <laughs> you would just be reminded of it you would never oh, yeah, forget that, was like that. that time i saw that car fly and disappear not only would you never forget that you would tell everybody you everybody. encounter about this everybody. car it's ridiculous very funny i, I really like it <laughs> meanwhile a still unconscious Jennifer yep. is being picked up by the police and they fingerprint her and they're going to take her home. So they fingerprint her, they get her address and they know where to take her. Doc and Marty have to go rescue her, but old man Biff follows them. And when the coast is clear, Biff takes a ride in the time machine and we get a great scene inside of Jennifer's house where she's kind of like locked inside the house and can't get out with like her like future kids and Marty is like an older dude and everything. Yeah. This is awesome because Michael J. Fox here is playing three characters at the dinner table. He's playing the father. He's playing the son and he's playing the daughter. Yes. (laughs) And they're all like doing different things at the same time. Like they're all having their own kind of conversations. Really, really cool. This was, this was where that, um, that new like video technology where they can have, you know, the multiple people on screen, make it look seamless and move the camera around. This is where it just kills. Like, I remember watching this in the theater thinking, yeah. I have no idea how they did this. Like, movies are incredible. The, the movies yeah. are mind-blowing. Special effects are the greatest thing in the world right now because you can make something like this look real. Is just And it, it's like, still, it still holds up. It still looks incredibly real. Yeah, we're talking about three characters played by the same person moving and doing things and the camera isn't just stuck on them the camera is moving around the table as they are all doing something i don't get it it is incredible i i absolutely love the camera tricks in this in this scene and and even later in the movie there's more that just like make you think wow i think it really helps with all these character with or with all these actors playing different characters with these types of shots they actually make you think that they're different characters. I completely forget that it is the same person playing that two different characters, three different characters, because the way the camera moves and the tricks that the camera is pulling makes me think they are different characters. I never once mm-hmm. think, oh yeah, that's the same person. No, no, of course not. And they even set it up a little bit deeper than that because there's a, an, a slightly earlier scene where the daughter comes running down the stairs because she thinks yeah. she hears someone come home. Come home. It's a, it's an actual female act, actress, but then at the dinner table, it's Michael J. Fox playing a girl. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. So the doc is able to help Jennifer escape from the house, and kind of at the same time, we see Biff return in the time machine, and he gets out his part of his cane like breaks off in the car, and it looks like he's in pain here, like he's having a heart attack or something. Yeah, yeah. I do not get this. Oh, I can explain it. I can explain it to you. It's oh, actually very, very need... cool. Okay, I'll need this explanation. There's a deleted scene that they didn't put in the movie because it didn't test very well because people okay. didn't understand it. But it's that 
Biff kind of like he's holding his heart or whatever. He he struggles away from the DeLorean, hides behind another car. The mm-hmm. DeLorean lifts up, lifts up into the air. And then when it takes off, Biff falls over and disappears. He gets okay. erased from existence. Okay. So here's what happened. That's not the cool part. Here's what happened is by him going back in time and changing his future, he created a future that he doesn't exist in. So his whole process there ends up killing him. And it was rumored that uh, (laughs) Lorraine is the one who kills him. She shoots him like maybe 20 years before this, but in that alternate future. Oh. So at this point in the future, he doesn't exist anymore. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Right? So he's, That's awesome. he's, he's gone yeah. back. He's made himself rich and powerful, but yeah. he's made Lorraine hate him so much that right. she kills him. So he's dead at that's this cool. point. Yeah, yeah that's so cool. He, okay, so I get it. He's made not yeah, he's made a future he doesn't exist in. I understand now. I thought maybe you're I thought you were saying because, you know, the timelines shift that he doesn't exist in that timeline no. anymore. But I, I get what you're saying. He makes a future he doesn't yes, okay. He makes, that is, like, he goes that is back very in time. interesting. It too. is. To alter the future, yeah. he goes back in time. But in that new timeline, 15 years later, he gets killed. He's going to be, he's going to die. Where yeah, he yeah. is right cool. at that point is 30 yeah. years in the future. Now, okay. here's the cool thing is that he's just holding his heart in pain while the DeLorean is flying away. Because yeah. if the DeLorean doesn't leave right there, he has the opportunity to get back in yeah. and change things again. But as soon as Amazing. the DeLorean leaves, he He's fades done. from existence because his chance is yeah. gone. Yeah. I love that. I, I, uh, so do this I. This is like, this I is wish sort they of the left part that. of the movie. I wish they yeah. left it in. Totally. Because I, I get that they don't because if you really get heady about the time travel stuff in this movie, some of it can fall apart. Yeah. Um, so I try not to get too deep into it. Um, but that would have helped a bit because I've always thought like, why is he so injured? Why right. does he come out and he's so hurt? It doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. But that's, yeah, that's great. I love that. So Doc, Marty, and Jennifer head back to 1985. And boy, have things changed. Biff has screwed up the timeline for everybody except himself. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I love how yeah. like true to this dude's character, they just always are in these movies. Amazing. It's so great. He has built a casino and pleasure palace on top of the clock tower. Dude, that is my favorite that he built on top of the clock tower. Dude, I, I didn't it. even realize that. I never realized that. I never knew really? that. His, What's it's I've just seen the clock movie. tower and then it's Biff's casino on top of it. It's my I've favorite seen this movie thing. Like 50 times. I've been so shocked about the tower. I've never realized it's on top of the clock tower. <laughs> what? So, this is amazing. It's so good. It's amazing. It's so funny. That's so of funny. Of course, because yeah. that's Biff. He'd build on top of the clock tower. Let's just make this huge tower on sort of the biggest structure we already have. It might even be like a heritage building that he's not allowed to tear down. So he's just like, okay, yeah. build on top right. of it then. Okay, you know? go up. <laughs> We're going up. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh, that's so funny. I never knew that. It's amazing. Yeah, so Marty goes uh, goes to Biff's Casino here. And there's a TV playing the history of Biff. He's Perfect. Because so he's actually in a, he's in a Biffy museum. The first level is a Biffy museum. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> totally. <laughs> So this uh, this history starts off with his great grandfather Buford Mad Dog Tannen, the fastest gun in the West. A very nice, obviously, very nice foreshadowing here for the next film. Well, they're filming both yeah. of these at the same time. Really yeah. neat. Then we see that Biff took advantage of the sports almanac 
and made a bunch of money on horse racing. Then he started Bifco and got into toxic waste disposal. Uh, he got gambling legalized. He dated Marilyn Monroe and eventually married his high school sweetheart, Lorraine Baines McFly. His high oh, school boy. sweetheart, they say. His high school sweetheart, yeah. <laughs> you mean the girl in high school that he sexually assaulted on numerous it, occasions? Uh, numerous that's occasions his, that's he his... sexually assaulted, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> high school sweetheart. Oh my uh, god. I love it. So Biff's goons, they see Marty and knock him out. Mm-hmm. And then we get another one of these classic Marty waking up from ba- from a bad dream uh, sequences yeah. <laughs> with, with Lorraine. Um, but it is in the Biff era. Uh, I like that they keep throwing those in there, though. Biff, he crashes into the room and is really pissed off to see Marty because he thinks it's Marty Jr. Yeah. Now, Biff roughs up Lorraine a bit and tells her when he comes back, Marty better be gone. Yeah. Tim, he doesn't think it's Marty Jr. I think he, he knows. Does. He knows. No, no, no. He knows it's Marty, but Marty's off at boarding school. Because we're back in 1985, so he knows it's Marty. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, right. But he thinks, but Marty is off, like the actual Marty oh, of that yes. timeline is off at boarding school. You're right. You're right. The, yeah. the the time travel is starting to melt my brain. Well, see, the, yeah, that's where it gets a little, it, it you're really right about gets that, a little though. messed up if you dig into it in these parts. But uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I always thought it was Marty Jr., but you're right. It would be Marty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the question is whether he, like, actually his conscious likeness took over Marty's, like, does a, does another Marty actually exist in 1985? Yeah. It's a little bit, but it's a little bit up in the air with how that would work with the way that they work the time travel. How so? Because he was going... Like, if, if it, this Marty went... Yeah to wherever they said the other Marty was supposed to be, that Marty would be there. Because this is a new body traveling back so to this time. I think, yeah. So I think everything, it, it all comes down to when Doc is sort of explaining to Marty what has happened and that there's a new timeline and that they can't travel to the future to like stop old Biff from taking the book because it's already happened. So it's a new future. So how did old Biff then go to the future where they were and give them the DeLorean back. That's where I get kind of messed up with how does one person travel through different timelines? Like when there's different, you know what I mean? When there's different, like almost multiverse type things. I mean, I I think it, I think it all makes sense. I think it's the same as how you could travel back to a time period and have your duplicate there. No, that part. So that part does make sense. So I actually, I do think that he travels here and there is another Marty that is off at boarding school. Mm -hmm. But then I get a little confused when I think of old man Biff traveling to the the same 2015 that they were in when he has already changed it. He's already changed the timeline. So he should have traveled to a different 2015. Uh... No, he traveled back to the 2000... Oh. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's he's already given. He's already given young Biff the book. I do see So I when do he see then goes to the future, it should be the future that he, like you said, he right. doesn't exist in. But Doc and Marty aren't there in that 2015. Right. 
That's a good point. You know, so that's where I get a little messed up about who can go where. So that's why I think like, okay, well, is there actually another Marty here in 1985? I, I believe there is. Okay, so I believe that's hold, hold also what the movie's trying to say. I think, I think we need to fill the listeners in on a part that hasn't come yet, but comes sure, in a little yeah. bit. It struck me that the doc did a really good job of explaining this scenario. So let's talk about this scenario first, and then go back to what you're talking about here. Um, so they're in 85. But it's this alternate 85 that Biff created. So they're saying, Marty's saying, why can't we just jump ahead to 2015 of this timeline and stop Biff from stealing the book when he stole it? And that's because the doc says it would be the future of this new reality, right? So at at 2015 of this new reality, Biff's not going to be stealing that book anymore because he already has that book. So they need to go back in time to when young Biff got a hold of that book. That's like, yeah, that's the anchor point of when they need to stop this all from happening. So what you're saying is how does the old man in this time period, how does he go back to 1955, give Biff the book and then move forward again? My only thought could be that he goes back he gives Biff the book and he immediately jumps forward again where Biff hasn't actually had the chance to change the time frame yet. He hasn't done the thing that needs to happen to change everything. Because what, what changes it is on his 18th birthday when he starts to gamble and yeah. starts gambling on these sporting events where he makes his millions. So maybe that's the only thing I Tim? can think of. But I mean, I don't... You, you could have just brought up a hole. Like maybe... How does it make sense that he goes back, changes the timeline, then jumps forward again in that timeline, which is essentially changed now because of what yeah. he just did? How does he jump forward into um, kind of a different timeline almost? It's all very confusing. But, you may have, yeah, you may have, Tim, you may have, may have brought up a hole here. I don't think I did. I, I thought I did. But when you were talking about the way um, Doc explains it, he does a great job of explaining it. And I always listen, but for some reason it didn't click till this time. Um, I think where the DeLorean is and the timeline, this movie doesn't really deal with multiverse. It just deals with sort of the one straight path of time. And it has technically been changed in their 1985 that they're in. So the DeLorean in the 1985 that they are in, that stuff has already happened. You're right. Biff has already made his millions. He's already changed everything. So if they go forward now from that point, it's going to be a different 2015. But you're 100% correct in saying old man Biff gave him the book and then left right away. So nothing has actually, nothing has been done yet to change that timeline. Biff still, like we still have choices, I think is what this movie kind of has. It's like you still can the, the future isn't set in stone. True. You can still change it. And when that DeLorean has left that time, that decision has not been made yet. So that DeLorean still travels to the 2015 it left from. And I think that's what it is. I think it's the car is in a period of time where it is still how it how it arrived. It's leaving with the same things happening. Yeah, I think that um, makes so, yeah. sense because if... It if, makes perfect sense. If Biff yeah. gets that almanac and never uses it, Old man Biff would travel. No, what would happen if if Biff if Biff just burnt that almanac? Where would old man Biff travel back to? Same. 
same he old man biff would go back to the 2015 but then when doc and marty leave they'd come back to the 1985 that is just normal because biff just burnt that book yeah um so that is it. It's it's the DeLorean where it leaves from. It's 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 wherever it's leaving from. It's going to go to that future of where it is in that sort of alternate timeline sort of scenario. So that makes sense to me. So then I'm back to I'm actually no longer confused now with how the jumping around works. So I'm back to saying that Marty, there are two Martys in 1985, and the other one is off at boarding school. Yes, that just took us like 15 minutes to work through. I told you from the start he was there, Dean. I feel so much better though because yeah, I've too. never I've never known that. I've always been confused by that. Yeah. I love that you're on a time crunch here and you uh, had to work through this huge I know. long scenario. Tim, I'm talking so uh, quickly. I'm just trying to get through all my all my thoughts. Are there any listeners out there anymore? Are you st- listeners? Are you, still, are you still with us? Tim, this is when is they tuned in. That was the good stuff right there. Oh, was it? Okay. I thought that was good. I thought that was a good uh, time travel uh, conversation. I feel great now. So back at Biff's tower here, Marty can't believe Lorraine left George for Biff, but she lets him know that George is dead. Yeah. Poor poor George. Poor George is right. Marty immediately rushes to the grave to see if it's true. And it is true. And he bumps into Doc. And Doc had already investigated exactly what happened and found out George was murdered. Doc also figured out that Biff went back in time with the sports almanac. Perfect. Marty goes back to Biff's tower to ask Biff how he got the almanac. And Biff just freely explains the whole story to him. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he's got a plan that he's going to kill him afterwards. He he's, said... He's got a great plan and it's uh, with a gun. Yeah. He said the old man who gave him the book said if anybody comes asking about this, kill them. So he's like, yeah. give him all the information. Now I'm going to kill him. He uh, tells him the exact day everything. that he gets the book. Everything. He tells him everything. Yeah. And then he starts shooting at Marty. Marty runs off. They uh, have a little chase scene up to the roof. And Biff basically says, uh, he's got Marty kind of on the edge of the building. Gun pointed at him, basically says, I can shoot you the way I shot your old man. Oh. Fuck Biff, man. Biff, you bastard. I've kind of I've kind of always liked Biff just because I thought he plays a really good villain. But yeah. when he said that part, I was not on board anymore. I now hate Biff. Get out he's of here. A, he's a scumbag in this. In Throw this that future, guy off the in roof. This future he's created for himself. Well, he gives um, Marty the op the option of jumping or getting shot like George, and Marty decides to jump. This was a wild moment the first time you see it. I didn't know mm, what yeah. was going on. Totally. Uh, I was like, oh no, Marty's dead. (laughs) Where do we go from here? But Marty is saved by the DeLorean, which was there coming up to save him. He gets in and he tells Doc they have to go back to November 12th, 1955. One of my favorite lines in the entire movie is Marty saying, Doc saying like, all right, when do we have to go back to? And Marty says, you're not going to believe it. We got to go back to 1955. And he says, I don't believe it. Yeah. It's my one of my favorite exchanges in the whole movie. Yeah. So back in 1955, the plan is Marty needs to get the almanac after old Biff gives it to young Biff so that old Biff feels like the plan worked. Yeah. Right. right. Very and crucial. Very crucial. And also the other part of the plan is don't bump into 
the other Marty and Doc from the first movie. From which the first is movie. so awesome. Like it's I, I had forgotten at this point, but of course, back in 1955, at this point, you have Marty and the Doc from the first movie trying to do their thing here. So that's yes. really, really smart, really neat. Just a very, very intelligent idea to have in here. It's fantastic. It's the day of the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. It's the day he's actually going to go back to the future. So you have two Martys, two Docs. And this is another thing that I've heard Zemeckis say about making a sequel. How do you make a sequel without messing up the first movie? And I feel like that is exactly what this final act is. They are in this, they are in the first movie. They are actually in the first movie. And they're like, all right, we can't mess up the first movie. <laughs> We're here, but we can't mess it up. We've got to make sure that that first movie is still awesome. Yeah, yeah but like, what do you mean? Don't mess it up. How, what do you mean by like, don't like basically like don't like when he's saying don't run it, make sure you don't run into your other self. And, you know, there's like, there's like, like don't things that are going to come along. Yeah. yeah, there's going to be things that come along where they're almost running into each other. And it's like, okay, no, we have to make sure we don't screw up the timeline. And I feel like that's him saying, you know, make sure we don't screw up that first movie. You know, if we run in, if we run into each other, that first movie's messed up. You know, it doesn't make sense anymore. So let's make sure we do everything off screen. <laughs> you know, let's make sure we do everything like off to the side so that uh, that first movie still makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like you think Zemeckis was worried about their like staff, like making an inconsistency in the movie. Or I just... think in, I, I think he's wor he was worried about just making a sequel in general. Just like, how do you make a sequel about time travel without messing up your first movie about time travel? Okay. And so I think he kind of wrote that into this final act, just as kind of like a joke where we are actually inside the first movie. Right. And Doc is basically telling Marty, like, make sure to stay away from that stuff in the first movie. Make sure that you don't yeah. mess it up. I mean, I just thought it was such a such a great idea because it's so good. What do we if we're watching this movie number two? What do we all love? It's the first movie. So exactly. to find how do you recreate the magic of the first movie? Put the first movie in this movie in a way yeah, that man. makes sense. In a way that we almost get more information about the first movie. It's like we're yeah. seeing a behind the scenes of this first movie. You're you're yes. seeing we're weaving in and out of these scenes that we know from the first movie and we're getting to see like what's going on with characters at other times uh, it's yeah it's talk about excellent talk about it's different excellent. camera angles we're getting different camera angles of the first movie basically yeah. mm -hmm. right like we're just getting different shots of the town that was actually happening this stuff was happening in the first movie yeah yeah it's really really it's excellent. really cool i love it i love revisiting that that movie i love just seeing it it's like yeah it's it's perfect yeah it just makes you feel feel good to see that movie. Yeah. So old man Biff finds young Biff and they go to Biff's garage. Marty is hiding in the back seat and the old man explains his plan. Young Biff is obviously confrontational as he is and needs some convincing. So the old man turns on the radio to a football game and calls the surprise ending of the game before it happens. I just thought they could have made this a little bit more exciting because like all that really happens in this game is a team kicks like a football team kicks a game winning field goal. That's all that it happens. Is, Tim, it is so funny that you are bringing this up because this is what I've always thought. And even from a kid, just being a fan of football, it's not all I that exciting. Like, 
I don't get it. Why is the announcer saying this is all over? The like, team is lining up for a field goal. They're only down one. You would never just say, looks like this one's over unless the kick was in the air and looked bad. Like, Or unless they're trying for like a 90-yard field goal or something. But yeah, I feel like the guy like would have said that. It was a very that. regular play. It's just like, okay, well, this one's over. And then they're like, they're lining up for the field goal. The yeah. kick is up and it's good. It's like, And what? it's good. Like, that if that happened and I'm yeah. young Biff, I'm like, I need more information. I need, I need to see something better than that, dude. Like that was just like a 50, 50. You, yeah, that could have happened or not happened. Like, yes, I'm not it's buying so a story funny. off of that. It's so funny that you brought that up. Cause I've always thought that. And I've always thought like people watching this movie probably don't think this deep about this moment. And then you go ahead and bring it up. It's that's exactly what I was thinking. What's going on here. This wasn't an, an this wasn't Doesn't a super climactic sense. game. This was just no. somebody hit a field goal. He could have guessed. He could have just been like, Oh, here you go. Uh, this team's going to hit this field goal. Yeah, it should have been like... Just because you guessed the score doesn't really make... It doesn't make it impressive because they're going for a field goal at the final seconds. You know what the final score will be if they hit it. Yeah, it, it should have been something way more dramatic. Like, yeah, the, the team has like 99 yards to go on the last exactly. play. Or exactly. the other team has the ball and something wild happens. Like they yeah. try to kneel down and the ball falls out or something. But just kicking yeah. a field goal to win? No. Dude, that happens Just a very regular time. play. Yeah, that's, very that's regular play. That's a normal play. play. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for bringing it. It's up. fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Doc, who's so adamant about people not bumping into their other selves, finds himself in a very awkward situation with himself. <laughs> himself. <laughs> Amazing scene. Amazing. So good. Him and uh, the other Doc have a short conversation. He's kind of like hiding his face, but they have a conversation that ends with fifty-five Doc saying. Maybe I'll bump into you in the future. And 85 Doc says, maybe in the past. So good. As 85 Doc is walking away, 55 Doc does a very wide-eyed look back. Did you notice mm -hmm. that? For sure, 100%. Yeah. I wonder if this is what convinced 55 Doc into reading the letter that Marty put in his pocket to save his life. Oh my God. So good. Because Never thought of it. The way that Doc looks, he looks, yeah. it's not like, a, oh, that was a confusing conversation. He looks so wide-eyed, almost like, I think that was me. Yeah. I think I just talked to myself. And he could, he could even be thinking, was that me coming back to give me a little hint that maybe it's okay to know about the future? Like, whatever it is. That, I never thought about that before, and I think that could be why, because we never really know why he just decides, you know? Right. He's just like, oh, what the hell? I figured what the hell, I'll read the letter. I think that's why. Um, I think that's what happened. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Which supports, then, in the first one, that these other two guys were there at the same time, changing another 100%. another reality. It's so cool. I love it. Yeah, I like 100% believe that off screen when we're watching that first movie, all this shit is going yeah. on. All this, all this movie two stuff is going on. That's why it's so cool. Yeah. So we're back at the enchantment under the sea dance. Marty is able to finally get the almanac from Biff by grabbing it from him after George notoriously punches him out. I love that we get to relive that moment. I, I do love that. And I also love so good. even more. That Marty's going through Biff's jacket looking for the almanac when Biff comes to and Marty punches him out again. Yes. So these two, the two biggest thorns in Biff's side. Yeah. Knock him out back to back in this scene now. 
Like, so Incredible. his embarrassment is just compounded, yeah. right? Incredible. It's so good. More fun time travel stuff here, where Biff's goons are after 2015 Marty, but they mistakenly start going after 1985 Marty because they don't it's know there's so two of funny. them there, right? And they just see, so funny. they're just like, how did he get up? How did he change and get up on stage and start playing the guitar so quick? Who, who cares? Let's go get him. But if that happens, if they get that one, Doc says he thinks it'll create a time paradox, which yeah. doesn't sound like something you want to have occur. No, again, Tim, again, it's like, don't mess up that first movie. Don't let them get him because they don't get him in the first movie. And I yeah. love the conversation he's having with Doc because he says like, oh, no, like the, the Biff's goons followed me into the dance and they're going to jump me. And Doc's like, well, then get out of there. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> yeah. no, not me, not me. <laughs> me on stage. Yeah. Me playing Johnny B. Good. So, yeah. so funny. That yeah, is good. Uh, 2015 Marty is able to drop some sandbags on the goons' heads and knock them yeah. out. So he's on a Exciting. real roll. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, just as we think everything's okay, though, Biff is back and wants to fight 2015 Marty. But Marty smartly tells him no, until Biff calls him a chicken. And we haven't really talked about it, but yeah. they've really been leaning into the nobody calls him chicken aspect in this movie. And yeah. they've also really been leaning into the whole, uh, what the hell is that? Where Marty just like points in another direction and like, like punches somebody or pushes somebody over. He does that he does so it, like, many times. He does like four times in this movie. <laughs> so many times. <laughs> and it works all the time. All the time. And it's every time it's fun. Every time. Yeah, it's fun. Every time. I love it. Every time. Yeah. So 1985 Marty at that moment actually ends up swinging open a door on his way out of uh. the school. And knocks out 2015 Marty. So Biff gets the almanac back and takes off. Yeah. Doc and Marty go after Biff and the DeLorean. And this is my beef with the movie. It oh, is no. this whole chase scene with the almanac has gone on for too long. Okay. I like Zemeckis for his short and concise scenes. But this is going on too long for me. And at this point in the movie, I'm starting to actually get bored of this scenario. Okay. So, I yeah. like, I like that he punches Biff and gets the almanac. Leave it at that. We've already had a car scene where Marty's trying to get the almanac from Biff in the car. Now we're going back to another car scene where Marty's trying to get the almanac from Biff in the car. I, yeah. I don't, it's too much for me. This, this feels more like yeah. Spielberg than Zemeckis for me. This is my only, my only real beef with the movie is, is this went on for too long. Yeah, I get it. Can I defend it for a second you can defend it and i know like what the arguments are and i understand it it's just you know for me i don't like these long i know like yeah extended sequences if you can tighten it up just tighten yeah. it up like don't just try to fill and time so go ahead he's for real done a great job in this movie of keeping these types of things short um and this yeah this this getting the almanac goes long and i i just i, I know why it happens it happens because you need to have all that that chase stuff going through the first parts of the movie because that's what makes it great. And then he really wants to bring back the hoverboard. He wants to do Chekhov's mm -hmm. gun type of thing. We showed you the hoverboard early. He sucked at it. Let's bring it back into 1955 
and see if that really helps him out. And honestly, he can't do this last part without the hoverboard. So that is truly a Chekhov's gun in the movie. And so I like that that's brought back. I do understand that it the the one the the sort of the MacGuffin of the um, almanac is going on too long. The chasing of that one thing is going on too long. I do like how after he gets it from Biff, the movie wraps up immediately. Like, there's not much time after he actually grabs that almanac to when the movie is over. I know, because they've I already think... wasted all the time on these car these car scenes. There's no time left. What? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not even Look, that long of a movie. It's a pretty short movie, but yeah. It's like an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Like, the hoverboard, very cool. Okay? Mm-hmm. Do that in the first car scene. Have yeah. him use the hoverboard in the first car scene. We don't need the we don't need the two car scenes. We don't need Biff going to the dance and then Biff driving home from the dance. It's just too much for me. But I, I'm just that's just my opinion. Yeah, I I I get it. Um, it also, you know, they're also turning Biff into this like foe that is really really tough to beat because they're gonna bring him back again in a third movie. So yeah, it, it in the first movie one punch knocks him out and he's done. Like the he's gone for the rest of the movie. You know that just solves the movie. So they are trying to build him up and. You know, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree that when we're doing this car stuff, it's getting a little tiresome. Um, it, it, I need that car stuff to go on quicker. I get really excited when he grabs the book and does the flip over the car because that's just cool. And he finally has the book. You know, I'm excited he finally has the book. Um, but I do think that the sneakiness of the car and looking back in the rear of mirror, I'm getting a little tired at this point because he has already got his hands on it. Why did he lose it? So they get the almanac from Biff, finally. <laughs> and uh, one last Doc, needle from Tim. Yeah, I know. I had to needle you. Yeah, I had Doc, to do it. <laughs> Doc tells Marty to burn it. Marty does, and he pulls out the paper from 2015, and the headline about George dying changes from murdered to honored. So everything's okay with George. Doc is in the air, in the DeLorean at this point, and it gets hit by lightning. And we all know what getting hit by lightning will do. Yes. Right? What does it do? It's going to uh, 1.21 gigawatts. 21 gigawatts. <laughs> that was does. good. Tim. We know what it some does. good impressions. Nah. Listen. This, this is what yeah. happens, is it gets the 1.21 gigawatts it needs, and yeah. that sucker goes back in time. It disappears. Yeah, it I goes love, back in time. This is one of the quick Zemeckis moments where I thought this car is going to be like flying up there for so long and just missing lightning bolts. Marty is getting out the phrase, don't get hit by lightning when right. it gets struck. It gets struck yeah. immediately. It gets sent immediately. It's just action right away. Catch it. it catches me off guard even though yep. I know it's coming because it happens so fast. And I really like that on this night, lightning sends them back to 1985. And mm. on this night, lightning screws with Doc, like yeah. screws with a different Doc on the same night, messes his, him up. I just love the two. I love that it's lightning both times. That's cool. Uh, this was... Um... This was the biggest shock moment, I think, in the entire series for me. Just this moment that happens right here where, they, where he yeah. gets hit by lightning. Because I can agree with that. I'm just left feeling like, what is going to happen? Like, it's just, this, sure, is, yeah. this is hopeless. Like, Doc is gone. Marty's basically stranded in 1955. Because there's, 
there's no DeLorean left. The time yeah. machine, which gets you to this time, is gone. Right? It's, there is no yeah. time machine. How do you get out of here? I never really thought about this because the time machine that he came in is gone. And the time machine that he, the other one that's there at the same time is also gone. All the time machines are gone. Like it's not quite gone, but by the time he gets to Doc to go ask yeah, for help, yeah. it's just after that happens. It's, like, it's gone. Yeah. It feels hopeless for Marty. It feels like he's for legitimately sure. trapped in this time period, but yeah, they yeah. immediately, they immediately resolve it, which is even better because they could have ended that movie right there on this like major cliffhanger, but they actually give you a little bit more. It starts raining and this car, raining really hard, by the way, and a car pulls up and a dude gets out. It's Joe F- Flaherty. I love yeah. that guy. From SCTV. So, yeah, man. so good, man. So, so funny. So funny. Such a funny guy. And he um, asks Marty if he's Marty McFly. And then he pulls out a letter that they've had in their possession for the last 70 years. The letter is from the doc. He is in the year 1885. And Marty is very excited and says there's only one man who can help him now. So Amazing. it's a great final end sequence here where yeah. we see the DeLorean sequence from the uh, end of the first movie. We see lightning hitting the clock tower. We see it sending the DeLorean back in time. And the doc is excitedly dancing in the street. And then out of nowhere, Marty comes running down the street right at him asking for the doc's help. And I just love to think of this scene from the doc's perspective or he's been working so hard this whole yeah. week trying to get Marty sent back or sent forward into the future. It happens. They like pull off this miraculous stunt. It happens. Three seconds later, Marty's running down the street towards him, asking him for his help. I just and think he's it's just so like, funny. Nope. nope. <laughs> yeah. Marty says he's back from the future. Uh. And the doc immediately passes out, which is what yes. I would do. I just pass out. And Tim, I love. Yeah, go no, go ahead. I, gonna, I I love that we remember we talked about sticking on Doc in that moment. Like the camera, the camera traveled with Marty when he went back to 1955 in the first movie. But when he went back to 1985, when he's traveling to 1985, the camera stuck on Doc because this was a very huge moment for him, where one of his big inventions worked, and he actually gets to see it work. And then seconds later comes Marty down and just ruins his day. And yep. it, it's just, it's such an interesting, it, yeah, it, it's just, a, it, it's another thing where it's these directors who love their first movie. This is, this is how to make a sequel. You really love and respect your first movie. So you're going to do things that, that show, like show why you did the, the first, the thing in the first place, why you did that first movie, why you, 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 held the camera on doc because he was so happy that that happened so when marty comes running down he's gonna faint because this is too much for him to handle in this moment yeah i it's just it it, i love i love that fainting part i love that end i also like that we're bringing back letters we had a letter in the first one that doc wouldn't didn't want to read and him reading the letter was so crucial and then we bring it right back to a letter again that's how you do it that's how you send things through the future you write a letter and then someone else can read it at the right time and i really appreciated that part of it yeah that that is a great point now that's the end except we see that it's to be concluded and Mm. they show us clips from the next movie which is just awesome 
Now I saw this movie in the theater and I remember when I saw to be concluded and then clips from the movie, I just, I cannot explain like the sheer joy and excitement that was going through my body knowing that this was coming so quickly. It's such a good move. It's like, play the next one. I'm ready for the next one. Like you were so pumped for it. Seeing you saw the trailer for the next movie at the end of the movie you were in. Yeah. Amazing. So I don't remember. This is part of like why that, that last scene there was so shocking for me. Don't tell me if you know, but because I can't remember exactly what happens in the next movies to take Marty back in time. But I'm left at the end of this movie feeling like I have no idea how they're going to travel in time. Like there, I don't think there's any time machines in this time period anymore. I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm very excited to see what they're going to do. I'm sure it's just going to be very smart because everything they do in these movies is extremely smart. And I'm excited to see the next one and see what happens and how they go back. So you're, you're, you're smirking right now. You know, you know how they do it. You know how they do it. Don't, don't you tell me, don't you tell me. It sounds like we're doing another episode on the third movie. That's what it sounds like here. Well, of course we were going to do the third movie. Good. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Oh, really? Oh yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. We're going to do the third. Perfect. Of course. Of course. Oh, it'd be just rude to do one and two and not do number three. I know. I just wasn't sure. Oh, yeah. We're doing it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cool. Okay. Well, that's why I'm smirking. I'm excited for it to get to that third one. Great. Yeah. No, we're we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. Not next week, but we're doing it. Okay. Dean, time for what if. What if Crispin Glover did reprise his role as George McFly? What's his storyline in this movie if they get him back? Because his storyline was basically nothing in this movie, but I feel like that was because they didn't have Crispin For sure. Glover. For sure. If, if you get him, what do you have to change? Like, what's his storyline like in this movie? Really tough. Um have fun with it, Dean. Well, Remember, it's not really, a test. It's a really tough question, Tim. I know it is a tough one because they'd have to probably change a lot of the movie, but I feel like they probably would have been able to make it tighter if they got him back because he's our yeah, favorite have, character. I, He'd have to play a big role. I got three different time periods I got to try to figure out here. Um, so definitely. Well, why don't you just try to figure out try to figure out the one that we see his like alternate version in, which is the, the 2015 alternate yeah. reality, so, right? Yeah. So, well, well, the future, not the alternate the future. reality, the, the future, the 2015, um, they definitely, he's in it more, right? Like just some lookalike shows up in the version we have just for dinner and has like a couple speaking scenes. So there's going to be a lot more George McFly. And I actually think instead of, Marty having to go to the future because it's his kids um, and he's got to fix something about his kids because that really didn't that that fell a little flat for me that part just be like you just gotta be your kid and say no to some you know something that that, that your kid's gonna say yes to because he's a pushover right that was a little you know that was a, that was a little light for me I like where I you're going here make, yeah I think we make George we make something about George the key 
for that future and he's got to again help out his father um so that that's i I, I love that dude i love that yeah and i think future becomes a lot bigger a lot more important maybe we still do the traveling back and messing up and getting back to the first one maybe george is a part of it this time maybe george is coming back with them to 1955 oh i want that come on man i want that yes okay you just won what if by the way, that yes. was awesome. I don't think I've ever won. What if? No, I've never, never. I think like, you're up 17 to nothing. <laughs> I've never congratulated you with a win. That's awesome. As usual with, with these what ifs, I try to not formulate an idea ahead of yeah. time so that, you, you know, we can just kind of riff on something. I think that was great. I think that's, uh, that's the way you would do it, man. That would be so awesome. Yeah, well, you got there real fast. That's very impressive. Thanks. Okay. Let's do our movie trivia. Movie trivia. Perfect. Tim, tell us what movie trivia is. Well, this was a, a listener request from our friend Frank. Yeah. He thought this would be fun for us to do. And we agreed. We thought this would be a He's lot of right. fun. He is Frank right. Frank is right. We've been having so much fun with this. Yeah. Basically, while we're watching this movie for the podcast, we just choose something that sticks out for us, that we noticed, that we think might be a good trivia question for the other person. So we're not like digging in, we're not pausing, we're not like looking for the most difficult trivia question, but what we're looking for is something that hit us, that we caught, that we think the other guy might not catch. Yeah. And then we're going to ask a question here. Now, it's my turn, right? It's your turn. It's my turn to go first. So Dean, when Marty goes into the cafe 80s, he plays the arcade the wild gunman but there was another arcade machine in the cafe that was out of order what arcade machine was that wow that's a really good question um if the answer is not elijah wood then i'm not sure (laughs) it might be (laughs) um so it's not next to that one. So I. It was I, on. No, it was on the other side of the, the cafe. Other side. I know. Other side. I can picture it. Yeah, I can picture the out of order one. So now I'm just got to try to formulate it in my mind. Um, I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna try to get a really good guess on this one. Um, is it Mrs. Pac-Man? <laughs> oh man, it's not Mrs. Pac-Man, but I bet you can guess what it is. Is it Pac-Man? It is Pac-Man. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, man. man. Nice so try. Close. That's so, so close. oh man. Great guess, dude. Great Thank guess. You. But Thank no, you. it was thought, pa- it was oh, Pac-Man. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't mind being that close and not quite getting it. That was I'm glad to be close. I hope I saw it right. Like I hope I didn't miss the miss on it because that would be bad. But no, I think it was Pac-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also said Mrs., which is wrong. It's Miss. Oh, there's no Mrs. Pac-Man. There's Miss. <laughs> no, there's no Mrs. It doesn't okay. exist. <laughs> so I can't, <laughs> I can't give you that. So I would got it wrong anyway. Oh, dude, great guess, man. Great guess. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Okay. Tim, you already mentioned that when we go to 2015, it's funny that both of our questions are from the 2015 time. When we go to 2015, we see that Jaws 19 is in theaters. Yes. Who is the director on the billboard of Jaws 19? Dude, you know better than to ask me a Jaws question. You know better than that, right? You know I'm going to be all over the Jaws. You know this one? I got this one. It is Mr. Max Spielberg. (laughs) 
You got it, buddy. You got it. Max Spielberg, Spielberg's son. I know it's all, it was really cool. I definitely noticed that because here's the thing: is I didn't I I saw the shark, yeah. Because it's um, you get about seven or eight seconds on this this Jaws um, yeah, uh, this the scene. So you see before the hologram comes out, you get to see some like some text on the left hand side. They have the tagline, and the tagline was this time it's really really personal. I yeah. thought that might be a question you ask. And just at the very last second, which I never yes. noticed before, I looked to the other side of the display yeah. and it said directed by Max Spielberg. And I'm like, that's really awesome. That's really funny. That's great. So, I'm yeah. glad you got it, Tim. It is it is only in frame for like a second. So I was I know, thinking, and I only caught I it like, at that second. Yeah, that's why I was like, I'm going to ask this because Tim loves Jaws. So he might have actually seen it. So I think this is one you could get. I think you could pick this up. Dude, I'll tell you nice what, that work. was a great question because I did for the, I didn't know that before this viewing. And yeah. just as I just was panning over to that side with just a fraction of a second left in that before they cut that scene and I saw it and I laughed and I was like, that's awesome. funny, Max Spielberg. I almost asked you that one. <laughs> oh, I, I would have got it, Tim. You would have got that. Yeah, I would have got it. Max uh, is uh, Max was is Spielberg's son and Max was born like right around the exact same time that Back to the Future was released. Oh, cool. So I didn't know it that was like that was four months yeah, four months before, four months after, but it's his actual son. I didn't know that that was his actual son. I just thought maybe yeah. they like, maybe made up a name or something like that. But yeah, uh, that's that's funny. Nice man. Uh, okay, well let's wrap this sucker up. Uh, let's Dean, do it, man. Thanks for joining, man. You bet. That was great. That was so much fun. That was a lot of fun. We will uh, see you next week. And thanks everyone for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Hi, my name is Scott, and I host a nostalgia cast called People Don't Forget. Join me each episode for a deep dive into all things nostalgia. Do you remember your favorite songs from the year 2000 or the TV shows you watched in 2003? If you don't, that's okay. Listen to People Don't Forget and take a particular journey with me on memory lane. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.